0: question is um, okay what maybe just tell us the process of like uh, when working with an actor you get a script and normally what will happen?
1: Let's say um, a theatre production with one of my favourite theatre companies uh, Pangdemonium you know um, I have worked with uh, the creative director Tracy Pang as an actor so many times Mm. and as uh, a director for theater, she is very well organized mm. and therefore her organization will also make me very organized okay. because she is many steps ahead of me
2: mm.
1: and uh, and she has a very defined uh, and well thought out um, process. And it is also her point of view is also something that I respect and very often, i agree with and Mm. not only agree with i find inspirational okay and so i find myself following Mm. her Mm. uh, very much because uh the chemistry between us is just like that Mm. you know i i react to her lead Mm. you know because that's our chemistry yep however There are many other directors. So, for example, let's say with you and we Mm. have worked together uh, quite a few times. Mm. You know, not only are we friends, but I think we um, talk to each other about all sorts of things Mm. um, all the time. And I love the communication between us. Mm. And I know also that you don't mind me, uh, like you say, getting the script. Mm. And then texting you Mm. anytime in the middle of the (laughs) day, just going, hey, Kevin, you know, (laughs) this thing came into my mind. What do you think? Mm, 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 Now, mm. I know you don't mind it, but maybe some other directors would mind it. Mm. At the end of the day, um, there is very little friction, you know, in Mm. terms of when I'm acting with you as Mm. an actor, Mm -hmm. um, that it works for us. I mean, do you remember the last time that we filmed together? We even sat down and tried to change the words yep, of yep, a monologue yep, um, mm, mm, together. Yeah, you know, yeah, I remember. Um, and of that is our vibe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's with you know, Johnny that's our and vibe. Rose. Yeah, yeah, with Johnny and with Ross. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. mm.
0: and your daughter. Uh,
1: oh, yeah. and Chia. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so that's our vibe. Uh, mm. That works for us. Mm. And and you know. And then I, let's say I will work with somebody like that I don't know at all, mm. okay? Like John M. Chu. So this was, let's say, for Crazy Rich Asians. Mm. How was and that? And he has a very, a very different way of directing because I think he has a very strong, but a very um, defined, but quiet, a very relaxed way of directing. So you feel as if you're not being directed. I think that he is one of those sort of people, mm. uh, one of those sort of directors where yep. by the time he casts you, mm. I think he more or less you know, knows that he's going to get what he wants I see. out of yep. this particular mm. character. For the big mahjong standoff scene between me and yep. Michelle Yeoh, mm. he whispered in my ear a direction that mm. immediately made something click. So fast and so mm. so well in my in my head, mm. and it was something that I didn't even think about. And then the last thing I want to say is, let's say for a twenty episode, you know, um, a mega series like Marco Polo, yep. where you work with eight nine directors, yeah, yeah. you know, mm. uh, and you are in practically every single episode, right? Mm. I feel that you just go in there as prepared as you can be for your character Mm. and then, you know, enjoy the game of getting to know your director Mm. um, within the same project. Look at it as a game, Mm. you know, and then find the best way to communicate and work with your new leader, you know. Okay. Um, And I found it wonderful because it was always so exciting to me. Mm. Like, You get a little tingle. Oh, Mm. today I'm going to be the same character, but I'm going to be guided Mm. by a completely different person. What is it going to be like? What is this new person going to bring out Mm, mm, in mm. a character that I have been already inhabiting for so many episodes? And then suddenly this new person comes and then this new person is giving you new ideas for the same character. Mm. So, you know, you must look at everything. I love all this about being an actor.
0: Yeah. So you're open to different interpretation on the same character. You don't like, uh, hey, I know what I'm doing. I, I, I've really done six episodes of the character being like this. So what you're saying is different. You don't, you don't think that?
1: No, sometimes I have thought that. Certainly, you know. Mm, mm, I mm. mean, the long running series yep. that I have been on are things like Marco Polo, mm. you know, where I had a real regular role, Correct. and and of course, you know, Porcupine. I think the key word that you use is open. Yep. To be open, mm. you know, and here is where chemistry is very important and homework, yep. how to control your ego. Everybody on the team should first and foremost always see ego as a necessity, but it can be really an enemy. Yep. And the power comes from knowing when the ego is a necessity, and when the ego <laughs> is, you know, the yep. enemy. That's right. Because if you are arguing about something just to protect your ego, yep. chances are it ain't gonna work. Okay. But if you are standing up for something mm. because you've done your homework mm. and you feel that you have a point of view that is valid yep. and it's good for the project as a whole, mm. then I do think you owe it To the entire team to start a dialogue and to bring up and begin a conversation about it. And Mm. then the tone with which you bring up the conversation should be something that ideally is a conversation as opposed to talking down to somebody, talking at somebody, scolding somebody or shouting at somebody. That's right. Um, Yeah, all of which I have been guilty of, all of which (laughs) I have been a victim of. You know, um, we live and learn and then all we can do is try to be better, you yeah.
0: know? Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, that's a great answer. Uh, what's the scariest thing that a director or a script have asked of you? Like, uh, it could be a stunt, a uh, sex scene, doing something with your real daughter. I don't know. What, 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 what is the scariest thing that a script or a director has asked you to do?
1: I think the scariest thing that a director can do to me Mm. is to say, can you do that better? <laughs> 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 and it has yeah. happened, you know, it has happened before, you know, where they better. look at you, yeah, yeah and yeah. then they give you a very <laughs> nebulous sort of direction, like,
2: God. Yeah.
1: Just, yeah, you know, like, be better, you know. Okay. I but- think, I think, you know, for an actor, for me, mm. that is so scary because...
0: What, do you, because what of does the, it mean, right? yeah,
1: it Yeah, what does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean, yeah. guy? <laughs> what what
0: I've, I've heard very often uh, in local terms is do it bigger or like uh, do it faster. Yeah, that's quite yeah. common, yeah. Or like uh, yeah. more feeling, uh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, that is really the scariest thing because I guess for me as an actor, the minute I accept the role, mm. I don't find um, things like stunts or um, or nudity mm. or, uh, you know, I, I, I all those creative decisions are not scary to me. Okay. Not at all. In fact, they mm. are all, you know, by the time I accept the role, chances are I know pretty much what, is going to be expected of me, you okay. know. So I must have very good reason. You know, I basically go into every project with my eye open. You That's know, good. you owe it to yourself and you mm. owe it to your profession to be able to do that. Are
0: you particular with performances? Like, you would uh, come on set and then like, okay, I have uh, option A and then maybe for take two, option B. Then after that, you know, let's see what the director wants. Is there like a process or you just... You prepare and then you just play on set. Like, you know, depends on what the other actors do. So, is there a process before you go on set?
1: Certainly, I know the story. Okay, what is is this story about? Mm. And then I know what it is supposed to say. Also know what I think my character, how I think my character how to tell the story as well as tell the meaning of the story. Mm. Okay. And then I know my lines. Okay, Mm. I know my lines, I'm always on time, okay? All of those things, I cannot stress how important that is. Mm. But other than that, I am one of those sort of actors where I really need my fellow actors. Mm. So I go on set and then just quietly, even if it is one line run through. Mm. So yeah, you know, um, you immediately feel that you have, stepped into the world. Okay. But before that, um, I, I very often feel like I am still outside the world. Mm. But then the minute, you know, I have the people that I'm working with, yep. um, either in a rehearsal room for theatre yep. or on in a studio for mm. television yep. or on location or, you know, on a film set, yep. um, then, I, then everything really starts to make sense to me uh, in a way that I know I could not do mm. uh, before that. Okay. So, so I feel that is important because um, if you prepare on your own in a room, if you are talking to yourself in front of the mirror, looking at how your eyebrows are going to be shaped when you're <laughs> saying this particular line, yep, yep. Mm. I think you will always look like you're acting. Mm,
2: that's true.
1: Um, yeah, I think it is very important to be emotionally pliable, mm. emotionally available, mm. intelligent enough to understand that many lines and many people and, you know, when when two people or three people or whoever amount of people are in a scene yep. come together to play out a scene, there are many different ways that it can be done. Mm. And then you have to be organic and reactive, Enough to um, within the time frame, hmm. uh, figure out what works the best.
0: Okay, that's that's a great answer. Yeah. Yep. The so how many takes do you normally are comfortable with?
1: For if- a very, very emotional scene, and this particular scene comes to mind. Yep. I don't know how many of you remember. Kenneth Liang at that time, and Mm. actually recently I connected with him, you know, um, on Telegram, and it was so nice. He just, he just, you know, suddenly messaged me, and it was so nice to talk to him. Mm -hmm. He had a mega project called War Diary.
0: Yep, that's true.
1: Um, and it was mega. Yep. Um, and it was I really applaud, yeah, mega for Singapore, Mm. and I really applaud his courage. Mm. Um, you know, for doing a World War Two epic series yep. like that mm. um, about the atrocities of war seen through the eyes of a family. Yep. Um, and I played the mother in the family.
2: Mm.
1: I had a very, very emotional scene where I am over the grave of my son mm. who had died. Mm. And my son was played by you know, the wonderful taping Peng Hui, who also recently just like connected with me. Nice. And by that time I shot that scene, my DOP Jackie, who was the the DOP that was working on, you know, the entire series. Yeah, he doesn't do that I remember him telling... (laughs) Yeah, I I remember him telling... Yeah, he was a wonderful DOP. Yep. I overheard him telling the crew, okay, all of you, um, King is a two or three-take sort of, you know, actor when it comes to emotional scenes. So I want all of you to be ready for this scene, you know.
2: Mm.
1: And I really, really appreciated that because it mm. was such a long speech that I had to do over yep. his grave. Mm. And mm. it was so emotional because mm. he was the lead and he was the main relationship that I had. Mm. And um, and sure enough, you know, that that particular scene still sticks in one of my longer show reels today cool. because for very emotional scenes I would say maybe two, three mm. takes. Yep. But other than that, I personally, personally, um I I would like to keep the take to less than one.
2: eight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No,
1: no, not one. <laughs> one is very insecure. Yeah, you yeah, know, from okay. from one to about eight. Yep. You know, because for my first, I produced and created mm. this Channel 8 series. Yep. Uh, and I also acted in it. And mm. it was with, you know, Pauline of, mm. of Fix and Fly. Yes, yes, you yes. know, God bless yeah. her. You yep. know, um, we worked on so many projects together. Mm. Um, and I had to speak Mandarin. And um, and my Mandarin is so shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, um, I would go up to like 17, 18 shakes. And I can tell you with every single take after about like 10 takes, I just felt that I just got worse and worse and worse because you get into your own head. And then suddenly, you know, you just can't relax. And the worst thing for an actor is not being able to relax. But that was just... so hard.
0: That was just language.
1: Yeah, but language is so important to me in acting, you know. (laughs) Yeah. When you're actually in a scene... Mm. You want to be in the scene. You yeah. don't want to be thinking about your lines and yeah, you don't yeah. want to be thinking about your pronunciation.
0: So yeah. So no more Mandarin roles?
1: Well, ever since then, you know, I mean, if you watch Garden of <laughs> Evening Myths, I spoke Cantonese, okay. you know, mostly through it. Mm. And, but I had enough time to, to prepare. prepare. Okay. It's hard to prepare yourself to kick the right emotion and okay. that takes a different sort of preparation. But for very technical things, mm. like for example, when I filmed Chimerica, mm. you know, in London for yep. a film for Channel 4,
2: mm.
1: I had to speak Mandarin right to it. But then, you know, because of the budget, I had a dialect coach, you know, wow. I had enough time, you know, I had the script, you know, way ahead, and yeah, I was prepared. Even when I did, um, dubbing over mm. it, you know, they catch you in with a dialect coach wow. um, from England while you are doing your audio dubbing, you wow. know, so that sort of support yep. for very technical things.
0: Um, one strange question would be, how do you work with DPs?
1: The way I work with DPs, mm. the way I work with um, sound, mm. you know, sound designers, mm. the way I work with... Um, my fellow actor, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: my director, Mm -hmm. my writer, Mm -hmm. my head of department as, you know, makeup, hair. Mm -hmm. I look at all of them as directors. You know, I've had the privilege of getting to know and talking to and understanding the mind of the DP on many wonderful projects. Mm -hmm. And um, it it really is one of my favorite things to do because I think for me as an actor... Mm -hmm. I, I really enjoy seeing how the story is going to be told in a visual form. Yep. Um, I, I love looking at framing. Mm. I'm one of those sort of actors that whenever I can, I'm more excited to see the framing of a shot mm. than I am to see my own <laughs> playback. Because I guess my brain works in a way where when I see the framing, suddenly... I can see how the audience through the composition Mm. of the frame, where the DOP is going to put me, Mm. what sort of a light he's going to give me. Mm. I suddenly understand just like how, remember earlier on in our conversation, Mm. I talked about, oh, suddenly, you know, a director like John N. Chu would give me, you know, a direction like that in just one simple sentence. Mm -hmm. And suddenly my imagination, it just, you know, clicks into place. Mm. It's the same thing with DOP. That's true. You know, whether or not it's with Katik in um, Garden of Evening Mist or, you know, or Vanya, you know, in CRA mm. or, you Marco know, Polo. I know yeah. that you, you yeah, are did. also a very strong, I mean, even though people know you as a, as a director, yeah. you are very strong DOP. Yeah. You know, as a director, you have a very strong visual language. And I think that understanding the way that a particular story is going to be told, not just by the DOP, but all the other people who are in their own ways, whether or not it's makeup or hair or Mm. sound or music, is going to help to tell one unified story. The more the actor understands Mm. it, the better the story can be told.
0: It's almost like when you see uh, a behind-the-scenes scene of a famous scene, Right? Uh, behind the the, you know, so you see a photograph of that and then you says like, well, that looks quite pedestrian, isn't it? Look at the lighting. It's the same lighting, isn't it? Because they, they shoot it, they shoot the behind the scenes with the same lighting and all that. And then when you see the frame, then you get where the story is going. Because the behind the scenes is just you see the rest of the crew, you see the lighting, you see the main action, but you just don't see where the story is going but once you see the frame and then with all the grading and with all the likes being it's built for that you know instead of the behind the scenes that you see the story happening so i i get what you're saying and uh,
1: it is very enjoyable you know it is part of the beauty mm. of the very in-depth collaboration True, that, it's true. Um all of us, you know, have the privilege of experiencing when good people come together to tell the same story. Yep, yep. Um, that, yeah, that's so important, you yep.
0: know. And, and like, I went to the set of Marco Polo and that was uh-huh. when all the lights were not there because I went in like, a, just like a tour. Like I was just imagining, imagine with lights and framing and camera, talking about the A-game thing, right? It actually really begins with everybody really doing their part.
1: And I I just want to also um, jump in here and say, the framing of a shot is not just where you place the actors. What I enjoy about my conversations with DOPs on the projects that Mm -hmm. I am doing, Mm -hmm. is because you must also understand the rhythm Mm -hmm. of the story that you're telling. Mm -hmm. The rhythm of Marco Polo, Mm With regards to the Empress Dowager, Mm. which is my character, Mm -mm. all my framing is very tableau like Mm. Because, you know, she is just trying to hold on to her power, which is slipping away from her. So much of the power is demonstrated by costume and hair that doesn't allow this Empress Dowager to move very Mm. much. So my character is very still, Mm. right? And the frame is such that it really enhances... Stillness of the characters. Mm. So if you look at a lot of my scenes in Marco Polo, Mm. a lot of it is just very, very still. Mm. And that is something that the DOP will work out with director and with the stunt choreographer mm, and mm, with whatever because not all characters are like that yep. so the, the same DOP will work with other characters like for example the character that is being played by Olivia Chang <sighs> they had to marry all those the stillness together with you know the action etc mm. etc et you know when I was let's say on um, a plane studio say Grey's Anatomy four camera mm. right they're shooting everybody at the same time has gone on for six season drama that mm. is hinged on the relationship
2: mm.
1: you know between all the patients and the doctors and how are we going to capture the relationship mm. i i know my episode just came out you know yesterday
0: okay before we start your the next segment on your hollywood journey uh the last thing i would ask is that uh, because i was talking to you two days ago and uh you, you carved out such a great start working in LA, but somehow you said that you're still looking for work here in Malaysia, and why do you want to still do a local production?
1: I feel that um, as an actor and as a storyteller, yeah. okay, um, the stories that are closest to my heart will, will always be about Singapore and about Singaporeans. I can't express how deep my love is for this country and for the people, and I do feel that the best stories are told from the deepest love and um, the deepest fears, hmm. and my deepest loves and my deepest fears um, all come from this particular country.
0: That's that's a great um, answer, <laughs> which which actually. Uh, quite resonates with me because the, when when I sold my business nearly 15 years ago, uh, could yeah. have gone anywhere. But then I was just saying that if I want to be a storyteller, do I just want to go somewhere and then I'll tell some immigrant story or, or just stick with here and then, you know... Uh, with all the uh, sorting out of our identity, of our, you know, the things that are not doing as well, I thought those were the stories that need to be told. And uh, maybe it's in a way like us being trying to be patriotic, right? yeah, but it's quite inherent with a lot of creatives that we do love uh, Singapore a lot and... Uh, in our creative endeavours, sometimes it may come out as negative, but then we actually wish uh, Singapore the best.
1: Yes, you are right. I think that it is very important yep. to understand the difference between wanting to tell the Singapore story mm. and saying good things about Singapore. There yep. is a big difference. Yep. Um, I just want to tell stories about situations and in Singapore and people in Singapore as effectively Mm. As possible. yep. Um, and effectively doesn't necessarily mean that we raise our country always in a good light. Yep. When I was in, L- in LA, I gushed over watching 128 Circle on Toggle. Okay. I gushed over um, A Land Imagined. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily always show Singapore in the best light. But mm. it really makes you understand something that is so authentic about this very unique culture that we have. It is so important for artists to appreciate the uniqueness of our own culture. I I would say that whenever I'm working on a Singaporean project, like Nick Signal Mm. uh, last year, you know, to come back and film it, Mm. although there are certain uh, aspects of filming that I feel can be um, improved mm-hmm. with regard to, let's say, you know, budget mm-hmm. or process. Mm-hmm. There are also many things that being on a Singaporean project can give me.
0: And, and maybe sometimes being away will make you um, love what you're missing even
1: more. Absolutely. I feel that when I'm in Los Angeles, contrary to what many people think, when I'm not working, unlike here in Singapore, I'm very often on my own. So you have a lot of time to think. And um, I feel that um, because I'm so passionate Mm. um, and genuinely interested in this industry, I find myself thinking about all sorts of things that I have learned abroad that I want to bring back. You know, mm. bring back mm. all sorts of yeah, all sorts of things. You know, all sorts of stories that are inspired mm. of me being away mm. that I want to tell. Mm. You know, from a Singaporean point of view,
0: mm.
1: all sorts of Singaporeans that I want to work with. You know, yeah.
0: and this podcast is part of that lah. That's why when I hear your story, I was like, hey, you, you, I think this should be shared uh, of your journey. So okay, uh, we will stop here a bit you want to take a pee break and then we go the other part about the hollywood um, journey